0: Welcome back to Gimme the Creeps with Abby and Daniela. Hello. This week, I have no idea what's going on, but major trigger warnings, Daniela is telling me. Uh, so just bear that in mind as we take part in this episode together. Because, like I said, I have no idea what it is, but I am very excited and I'm ready to be um, disturbed deeply. Mm.
1: Yes, that is <laughs> what is definitely going to happen. Trigger warnings for rape and obviously murder and torture. Oh, yep. We're going to do Junko Furuta today.
0: Oh, Have you heard shit. of
1: this case?
0: I think I have, but I will let you tell it.
1: Okay, so Junko Furuta was born in Misato, Saitama Prefecture in Japan. She lived with her parents, her older brother, and her younger brother. And as a teenager, she attended Yashio Minami High School. Also, some of these pronunciations, obviously, I'm not going to do a very good job, and I am sorry in advance. We forgive you. So she did that, and she worked part-time at a plastic molding factory during after-school hours since October er, 1988. And she did this to save up money for a graduation trip she had planned. And she had also accepted a job at an electronics retailer, which I don't know which one it was, but she planned to work there after graduation. And she was actually five months away from graduating high school at the time that this happens. And at high school, she was well-liked by her classmates. She had really good grades, and um, she was popular, and she was pretty, and she had dreams of becoming an idol singer. Hmm. But on November 25th, 1988, at 8.30 p.m., She'd only been working at that factory for a little bit. I just realized that. Okay. So anyways, yeah. on November 25th, 1988 at 8.30 PM, Junko finished a shift at her job and was riding her bike home. She was looking forward to watching the final episode of her favorite TV show, Tombo. At this same time, two teenage boys, Hiroshi Miyano, 18, and Shinji Minato, 16, were wandering around Misato with the intention of robbing and raping local women. Mm -hmm. Hiroshi, the leader, had a history of problematic behavior since elementary school, such as shoplifting and damaging school property. In April 1986, he enrolled in a private school in Tokyo, though he dropped out the following year. After this, he continued to commit several crimes that escalated over time. At the time of this crime, he had been living with his girlfriend, the older sister of another friend, 17-year-old Yasushi Watanabe. Watanabe or Watanabe? Mm-hmm. Um, who comes up later. But Hiroshi was also working as a tile worker to save up money to marry his girlfriend. Unsatisfied with the job's low pay, Hiroshi became involved with the Yakuza and was frequently committing sex crimes. Mm -mm. And this obviously made his girlfriend lose interest in him and they ultimately broke up. Mm. So back to Hiroshi and Shinji, they see Junko riding her bike and under Hiroshi's order, Shinji kicks Junko off her bike and then flees the scene. So then Hiroshi sweeps in Mm. and, under the pretense of witnessing the attack by coincidence, approached Junko and offered to walk her home safely. Mm. We did the whole... God. What the fuck is it called?
0: Like a knight in shining armor type.
1: Yeah, like it reminds me of... uh, Have you seen that movie Enough with Jennifer Lopez? Oh,
0: that is exactly what I imagined. That is exactly what they did. The fucking
1: setup. Yes. horrible. It was a setup. So Junko accepts the offer, but obviously was unaware that Hiroshi was actually leading her to a nearby warehouse where he told her about his Yakuza connections to scare her into submission, where he raped her in the warehouse and he... Took her, after that, he took her to a nearby hotel where he threatened to kill her and he raped her again. Mm. From the hotel, Hiroshi called Shinji and his other friends, 17 year old Joe Agura. I don't know if it's actually Joe, how to pronounce it, but I also don't give a fuck because all these dudes are fucking monsters. Yeah. Mm. So, Joe Agura and Yasushi, from before, um, he called them and he bragged to them about raping Junko. So Joe reportedly asked Hiroshi to keep him in captivity, to keep her in captivity in order to allow numerous people to sexually assault her. And the group had a history of gang rape and had recently kidnapped and raped another girl whom they released afterwards. So... Around 3 a.m., Hiroshi took Junko to a nearby park where Shinji, Joe, and Yasushi were waiting. They had learned her home address from a notebook in her backpack and told her that they knew where she lived and that Yakuza members would kill her family if she attempted to escape. Mm -hmm. So the four boys overpowered her, took her to a house in the Ayase district of Adachi and gang raped her. The house, which was owned by Shinji's parents, soon became their regular hangout spot. On November 27th, Junko's parents contacted the police about her disappearance. To discourage further investigation, the kidnappers forced her to call her mother three times to convince her that she had run away but was safe and staying with some friends. Mm. When Shinji's parents were present, Junko was forced to act as his girlfriend, but they dropped this pretense when it became clear that Shinji's parents would not report them to police. The Minatos stated that they did not intervene because they were afraid of Hiroshi and because their own son was increasingly violent towards them. And apparently they weren't there, like, all the time either. So I don't know. On the night of November 28th, Hiroshi invited two other boys, Tetsuo Nakamura and Koichi Hiyara, over to Shinji's house. They went to the upstairs room where Junko was sitting wearing a long sleeve t-shirt and a skirt that Hiroshi had stopped for at a clothing store a few days prior. I don't know why he bought her clothes, but okay. They drank cough medicine, pretending it was drugs, and acted high. I mean, you can get pretty high off cough medicine. You really can. Yeah. Um, So while they were doing this, uh, Junko tried to run away, screaming in fear, but Hiroshi grabbed her legs and Koichi put a pillow over her face. Hmm. Shinji's parents were awakened and went to check on the scream, to which he told them it was nothing. The group then proceeded to gang rape Junko during this time. She was in a state of unconsciousness, staring at the ceiling without blinking. Hmm. Jesus disgusting so the group held junko captive in the minato residence for 44 days where they repeatedly beat raped and tortured her they also invited other men and teenage boys home to the home and encouraged them to take turns raping her overall junko was raped more than 100 times i read that it was like 500 times but i don't Mm. i don't know just back-to-back, back, just, ugh, I don't even want to think about it. But,
0: yeah, yeah, I think I read that it was more than that. I mean, 44 yeah. days.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Horrible.
1: Yeah, it was definitely, a, like, a large amount, but I wasn't – I don't know. And over mm-hmm. – by over 100 men and teenage boys.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And apparently these are all supposed to be, like, Yakuza people and, like, just right. people they knew – boys they knew from school and stuff. Um mm-hmm. On occasion, she was raped by 12 men in one day. Mm. According to the group's statement, the four shaved her pubic hair, forced her to dance to music while naked, and masturbate in front of them, and left her on the balcony in the middle of the night with little clothing.
0: Mm.
1: Twice, the police were alerted to Jinko's condition, but both times they failed to intervene. The first time, a boy who had been invited over to Shinji's house by Hiroshi went home after seeing Junko and told his brother about what was happening. The brother then decided to tell his parents, who contacted the police. The authorities showed up at um, Shinji's residence, but were assured by the family that there was no girl inside. Oh, my God. And the answer was clearly satisfactory enough for the police as they never returned to the home. The second time, it was Junko herself who called the cops. But before she was able to say anything, the boys discovered her. And when the police called back, uh, Shinji assured them that the prior call had been a mistake and the authorities never followed up again.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yep. So after this call, uh, that's whenever the torture escalated. They hung her. And it's going to get real nuts here. Uh, mm-hmm. They hung her from the ceiling and beat her with golf clubs, bamboo sticks, and iron rods. They, insert, they inserted objects into her vagina and anus, including a lit match, a metal rod, and a bottle, and mm-hmm. force-fed her with large amounts of alcohol, milk, and water. She was also forced to smoke multiple cigarettes at once and inhale paint thinner and in one incident, which I think this is like directly after the she made that call and they found her.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Uh Hiroshi repeatedly burned uh Junko's legs and arms with lighter fluid. Like he set her on fire. Oh <gasps> God. They also burned her eyelids and genitals with cigarettes, lighters and hot wax. Mm. So by the end of December, Jinko was severely malnourished after being fed only a small amount of food and then the alcohol, milk, and water. Mm. And due to her severe injuries and infected burns, she became unable to go to the downstairs toilet and became confined to the floor of Shinji's room in a state of extreme weakness. They had brutally tortured her to the point where she didn't even look like a person anymore. Her face was so swollen that it was difficult to make out her features. Her body was also severely crippled, giving off a rotting smell that caused the four boys to lose sexual interest in her. And as a result of that, the boys kidnapped and gang raped a 19-year-old woman who, like Junko, was on her way home from work. Mm. So on January 4th, 1989, after losing a game of Mahjong against another person the night before, Hiroshi decided to take his anger out on Junko by pouring lighter fluid on her body and setting her on fire again. Uh, Junko allegedly made attempts to put out the fire, but gradually became unresponsive. They continued to punch her, ignite a candle and drip hot wax on her face placing two short candles on her eyelids and forcing her to drink her own urine. After she was kicked, she fell onto a stereo unit and collapsed into a fit of convulsions. Since she was bleeding profusely and pus was emerging from her infected burns, the four boys covered their hands in plastic bags. They continued to beat her and dropped an iron exercise ball into her stomach several times. The attack reportedly lasted two hours, and eventually she succumbed to her wounds and died.
0: Oh, my God.
1: I don't fucking understand why. There's no – it's just
0: pointless cruelty.
1: Yeah, like –
0: I don't know, and it's – I don't know what it's called necessarily. Is it like a gang mentality where, like, eventually the group just gets so carried away –
1: there's yeah, like they just newer, turn into a fucking disturbing, scary mob. Mob. Right. Mob mentality.
0: Mob mentality. There you go. Mm-hmm.
1: mm Gross. So after they had done all of this, they left. And uh, Shinji's brother ended up calling Shinji less than 24 hours after she had died. And told her it looks, I mean, and told him that it looks like she's dead. Like, he, they didn't realize that she had died. gosh. So they all go back over there and they're like, oh, fuck, she is dead. And so afraid of being penalized for murder, the group wrapped her body in blankets and shoved her into a travel bag. They then put her body in a 55-gallon drum and filled it with wet concrete. Around 8 p.m. they loaded it and eventually disposed the drum into a cement truck in Kyoto. Mm-hmm. I really hope that's how you say that. Yep. But I don't actually know. It's key. Ki- it's It's K O T O. Oh. I don't know. Kotio. Okay. Well, there it is. Uh Tokyo. During her captivity, Jinko had mentioned to her captor several times that she had regretted not being able to watch the final episode of Tombow. So, Hiroshi found the videotape of the episode and placed it in the travel bag also with her. As he later explained, though, it was not because he pitied her, it was because he did not want her to return as a ghost and haunt him. Great. Can you? Uh, I would have been like, listen here, motherfucker. Yeah, for real. (sighs) So on January 23rd, 1989, Hiroshi and Joe were arrested for the gang rape of the 19-year-old girl whom they had kidnapped in December. And on March 29th, two police officers came to interrogate them as women's underwear had been found at their addresses. During the interrogation, Hiroshi believed that one of the officers was aware of his culpability and Junko's murder. Excuse me. My goodness. Thinking that Joe had confessed to the crimes against Junko, Hiroshi told the police where to find Junko's body. The police were initially puzzled by the confession as they had been referring to the murder of a different woman and her seven-year-old son that had occurred nine Mm -hmm. days prior to Junko's abduction, a case case which still remains unsolved. Mm -hmm. So hold on. Oh, I needed a little pick-me-up. So, the police found the drum containing uh, Junko's body the following day when she was identified via fingerprints. On April 1st, 1989, Joe was arrested for a separate sexual assault and subsequently re-arrested for Junko's murder. The arrest of Yasushi... Shinji and Shinji's brother followed. Several other accomplices who participated in Junko's abuse were officially identified, including Tetsuo Nakamura and Koichi Ihara, who were charged with rape after their DNA was found on and inside the victim's body. The identity of the boys were sealed by the court as they were all juveniles at the time of the crime But journalists from a Japanese magazine discovered their identities and published them. They stated Mm -hmm. that given the severity of the crime, the accused did not deserve to have their rights to anonymity upheld.
0: Mm -mm.
1: All four boys pled guilty to committing bodily injury that resulted in death rather than murder. In July 1990, a lower court sentenced Hiroshi to 17 years in prison. He appealed his sentence, but but a Tokyo High Court judge sentenced him to an additional three years in prison instead. Hmm. So he then had a 20-year sentence, which is the longest, the second longest sentence given in Japan before life imprisonment. And he was 18 at the time of the murder. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So I think that's why that happened. But uh, Hiroshi's mother reportedly paid 50 million yen, which is 425,000 US dollars in compensation ordered by the civil court after selling their family home. So Hiroshi was denied parole in 2004, but he was released from prison in 2009. In January, 2013, he was rearrested for fraud. Due to insufficient evidence, he was released without charge later that month. Uh Shinji who he might that might be his new name and he was originally Nobuharu, but I'm not entirely sure which is which. But um anyways, Shinji, who originally received a four to six year sentence, was resentenced to five to nine years uh, upon appeal. He was 16 at the time of the murder. And uh, he was the youngest out of all of them. His parents and his brother were not charged. Um... And obviously, Junko's parents were dismayed by the sentences received by their daughter's killers and won a civil suit against the parents of Shinji, since that's where the crime was committed. And Mm -hmm. after Shinji's release, he moved in with his mother. However, in 2018, he was arrested again for attempted murder after beating a 32-year-old man with a metal rod and slashing his throat with a knife. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, yes shoot yes sushi Mm -hmm. who was originally sentenced to four or three to four years in prison received an upgraded sentence of five to seven years he was 17 at the time of the murder for and that's all there is on him uh for his role in the crime joe served eight years in a juvenile prison before he was released in august 1999 After his release, he took the family name Kamisaku uh, when he was adopted by a supporter of his. He had a supporter. Jeez. Yeah. He is said to have boasted about his role in the kidnapping, rape, and torture of Junko. In July 2004, he was arrested for assaulting an acquaintance he thought his girlfriend may have been involved with. He tracked this guy down, beat him, and shoved him into his truck. And then Joe drove this guy to his mother's bar where he allegedly beat him for four hours During that time, Joe repeatedly threatened to kill the man, telling him that he had killed before and he knew how to get away with it. He was sentenced to seven years in prison for assaulting this guy and has since been released. Wow. Joe's mother allegedly vandalized Junko's grave, stating that she had ruined her son's life. Ew. Yeah, that she, that Junko had ruined Joe's life. I
0: swear, some parents think their kids can do no wrong. It's fucking insane. Like, it really is. Going back to enough. Whenever she tries to tell her mother-in-law that her son is abusing her, and she's like, "What did you do?"
1: Yes, like god. don't make him
0: mad. He doesn't want to hit you. Like, oh, shut the fuck up, you old bitch. Sorry. Oh Anyways, my god, that part still pisses me off. An entire movie.
1: Yeah. <sighs> So it has also been reported that Joe had depleted his father's savings money, which was intended to be provided as restitution to Junko's family. But instead, he was buying and consuming a number of luxury goods. Hmm. And of course, many believed that the sentences were too light for the severity of the crimes committed. Um. Jinko's funeral was held on April 2nd, 1989. One of her friends' memorial, uh, I guess, speech uh, stated, Jun Chan, welcome back. I have never imagined that we would see you again in this way. You must have been in so much pain, so much suffering. Oh, hold on. I'm lost. Okay. Uh, the, I'm assuming it's happy. The happy? The happy. The happy we all made for the school festival looked really good on you. We will never forget you. I have heard that the principal has presented you with a graduation certificate, so we graduated together, all of us. Mm. Jun Chen, there is no more pain, no more suffering. Rest in peace.
0: Aww. And...
1: Uh, Junko's intended future employer presented her parents with a uniform that she would have worn in that position, and the uniform was placed in her casket. Aww. At her graduation, the principal did present her with a high school diploma, which was given to her parents. And now, the location where Junko's body was discovered has been developed over since and is now Wakasu Park. It's a fucking park now. Hmm.
0: And at the time,
1: Japanese people were concerned about a US influenced epidemic of violent crime, which they called the American disease. Hmm. They thought. I mean,
0: in the 80s, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And at least three books have been written about the crime. Um, and there's an exploitation film, which I won't even attempt to try to say the title of. It's about the incident and was directed by Katsuya Matsumura in 1995. Mm-hmm. And the case was also an inspiration for the film Concrete in 2004 and the manga 17 Sai. And there is a common piece of misinformation that Hiroshi Miyano liked her and that she rejected him, so that's why he attacked her, but that's not true. Uh, Her killers did not know her.
0: Yeah, it was just a random act of violence.
1: Yeah, it was just random. They just randomly ran into her.
0: The other 19-year-old that was taken after her escaped or they let her go?
1: I want to say that they let her go. Um, I feel like they let her go when they realized that Junko was dead. Like oh. they were like, oh, fuck, we need to like.
0: Let the other girl go. So they can yeah, handle we need that. to.
1: Yeah, like hmm
0: mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, I remember hearing about that case. So disturbing.
1: It is extremely disturbing. This case also reminds me of the Sylvia Likens case.
0: Definitely. When more and more people, like, find out about it and no one says anything and take mm-hmm. part in it, they just keep com- coming back to visit her. Like, mm-hmm. How do you go home at night knowing, like, that's going on
1: somewhere? I know. I, I mean, in the boy that – did tell and then he the cops don't even like go inside like they just take your name for it or your word for it like
0: yeah yeah like don't worry we're gonna let her go or don't worry we're gonna get her medical help and you're like but like you know these people and they're like fucked up people but you hope that they don't kill this person Mm because it's a anyways just a disturbing thought altogether and those parents that didn't know that that was going on please
1: yeah, they fucking straight, they knew what was going on. They just used their, well, he, we were scared of them. Like, really? The cops were right there. They could have easily taken your son out of there. Like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. Stupid. And they, I feel so bad for her parents. Like, she had to call them and tell them I, a lie. lie. Like, that hurts
0: so much to think about.
1: I that can't. her parents
0: like had to believe her, and then they found out the truth after that. Probably is so painful.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and for like I don't know, it's just terrible. It's terrible shit.
0: I agree. Um, and yeah, there's a movie that I'm looking at the IMDb for the movie Concrete Encased High School Girl Murder Case. Broken 17-year-olds is the English translation. Okay. 1995. So it took them not even that long to make a movie about
1: mm-hmm. this freaking case. Yep. Anyways, I just was- don't understand. I, you know what? It's really weird because I remember reading this case like a long-ass time ago, and the I guess there's just misinformation all over the place, but I remember one of the stories that I read said that she had gotten pregnant. I was
0: going to ask that too, whenever you were discussing like part of the Yakuza people were coming and going, and one time it was a total of 12 people who had assaulted her in one day, and I just wondered if they were like using condoms. Did they give each other STDs? Did they give her STDs? Right. I don't – I just don't – She was just so malnourished and beaten that it didn't – she couldn't really, you know, get pregnant or I don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't – and I mean now there's nothing – I didn't find anything on that or whatever, but it's, like, not mentioned anywhere. But I don't know what – like, I am was like, was that something else Eight that days. I read? But I could have sworn that she had gotten pregnant and that was why they were throwing the
0: – Kettlebell on her stomach? Yeah, on the her iron. stomach. Wait, ugh, or just just in case they were doing that, like, yeah. And I was,
1: I and I, because I just remember thinking, how the fuck did she get knocked up after all the things that they were still doing to her, like, right? So I don't know if that was true or not. I mean, I didn't read it anywhere else, so I that might have just been someone adding that shit in there for dramatic effect. But I mean, it's a really fucked up case regardless. So I don't know, mm-hmm. I just couldn't. I just I don't know. <laughs> and there are pictures that we probably will not post, but oh yeah. If you want to see, you can find some you can find them on Reddit. Um you just got to type in her name. Yeah. But yeah, it's all fucked up and
0: and they didn't want her to come haunt them, like, really. After they did all that to her, the one thing that would save them is putting the last season of that show in her The last concrete. episode, yeah.
1: Like, get the fuck out of here.
0: Uh-uh. And now there's a park there. I wonder if it feels haunted.
1: I wonder too. I was wondering that whenever I read that shit last night, I was like, I wonder but it's also, like, I don't know. It's just really fucking sad. Like, I wonder if her parents go and they sit at that park. Yeah, or if it's, like, too... Sad. Sad to go, because that is where she was dumped, you know what I mean? Right. I don't know. Well. Well, RIP to Jungo Furuta, and I hope... That her parents are in a better oh, I wonder if they're still alive.
0: That's a good question. I was going to ask if she had any siblings.
1: She did She had a little brother and a older brother.
0: oh, she was a middle child. Mm-hmm. Well, rest in peace, and that is a historic case because of how horrible and graphic. It is. So thank you for covering it. I don't know how many people are familiar, still familiar with that case. Um, You said 1989, right? 1988,
1: 1989? Well, she technically died in 1989, but yeah, it was 1988 whenever she was kidnapped.
0: Golly. It's so wholesome that she wanted to be an idol singer.
1: Right. She was 17. Like, she was still a baby.
0: She was. She had her whole life ahead of her.
1: Pieces of shit. And the fucking sentencing was stupid too.
0: Seriously. I I mean, having the Yakuza involved at all, I'm sure there were a lot of payoffs and money being transferred between people. Mm -hmm. Not everyone, definitely not everyone who took part in that was, you know, had any penalties. Right. But at least those pieces of shit kids got Got what they needed out of that. Well, that concludes our first episode of our Quick and Creepies. This is going to be a series of episodes every now and again. Whenever we have a case that doesn't quite fill up an hour time slot, we are going to publish it anyway and just call it a Quick and Creepy. So We hope you guys enjoy those as well. Um, We don't want to leave y'all with nothing or, you know, combine cases where some cases deserve the spotlight on their own. For instance, this one out of respect for the victims. So yeah, please let us know what you think about this little series and our first premiere episode over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can leave a review. Uh, Don't forget we have a link tree where you can find helpful resources And we have an Instagram and a Twitter at G-I-M-M-E, the creeps. And don't forget to follow us on TikTok as well. Thank you guys for listening. So did we give you the creeps?